fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a post-Monday celebration. It seems a lot deeper into the week than it is right now. Maybe it's just me. Maybe we're scrambling. I got so much to do, I, I wish it could still be Monday for like the next three days. Don't get me wrong, but it seems way deeper. I think my paranoia is setting in, my anxiety is setting in with all the stuff we get to do going into the holiday week, which is continuously creeping upon us. Welcome into the program. So wonderful to have you with us here for a Tuesday. Let's carpe diem all over this place, baby, as we rock it another day broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations and TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen. So great to have you. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every day out of the KQAM studios here in Wichita, Kansas. Got a lot to talk about. We're going to reconnect with him today. We weren't able to make contact yesterday. Some technical things happening, but we'll get him on the show today. Drew Thomas Allen. We'll have him on the show. Bottom of the hour, we'll do a, a year in review recap on government, Washington, D.C., and what is on the docket for next year, both in Congress and in the elections and on the campaign trail and so much more. So we'll talk with him about all of that. As you are, I know that right now we are getting into holiday mode, which means many people are shifting their mindset just a little bit. And we are planning on maybe taking those travels. The traveling this year apparently going to be relatively high because a lot of people are going to be flying, driving around, gas prices a little bit lower right now than what they have been, which is good news. And some will try to take advantage of that the best that they possibly can. That's awesome. If you are, though, be wary, according to the latest from the government right now, because, I mean, by golly, you got to be scared. What's going on in this world of man? There's a whole lot of killing in this world of man. Somebody's got to help this world of man. According to the latest from Axios.com and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, COVID-19 is back at it again for the holidays. Be very afraid. Be very afraid. You're supposed to be scared of this stuff. According to Axios.com, they say that there is some COVID-19 levels that are very high going into travel season this year, and be wary of where you may be traveling. So looking at the map, which they have on here, between minimal to very high severity of COVID-19 cases, which we're not hearing about in the media, so I'm starting to question some of this. I'm also questioning the uh, the accuracy of some of these based on what states they are, because some of them are the ones they really try to show that, well, they don't have any mask mandates in, in effect or some of the vaccine mandates from back then. So therefore, the cases must be up. But I thought we already hit herd immunity. In fact, I thought that we hit herd immunity before the vaccine came out. Then I thought we hit herd immunity through the vaccine because the vaccine, again, was supposed to prevent this from spreading. Make sure you don't get sick even if you do get it. And then it turned into, well... It's only going to protect you from others that are vaccinated. Those that aren't vaccinated are the cesspools continuously spreading this thing around. (laughs) So uh, regardless of your view on that, it sounds like COVID is back in action again for the the Christmas celebration of 2023. Looking at some of the map where I'm based out of Kansas, we're in the high severity rate here apparently. So is Nebraska moving on up north as well. Uh, From there with the Dakotas, Iowa and Missouri and Illinois and Indiana and Ohio down into uh, West Virginia and Virginia and North Carolina and Kentucky and Alabama and Florida. All of them are in the severity rates, by the way, all the way up in Wisconsin 
and Michigan as well. Maine has it on there. We have Montana that is in the severity rate uh, for those. So there are a decent amount of states that are in those high COVID-19 levels for those holiday travels. So if you're going to any of those states, be careful, be wary, and the government's going to get you by locking you down and telling you how bad COVID's going to be in those communities. So just, just trying to be cautious, trying to give you the heads up, doing my public service announcement for the day. All right, let's get into what's really trending because I uh, here's here's what I have to say about the COVID-19 pandemic and what they have to say about the number of COVID-19 cases. We don't care anymore. Wait, one more time. I didn't quite hear that. What was that again? We don't care anymore. I didn't quite get that. Say that again. We don't care anymore. Hold on. I don't think we got the message yet. That being said, let's get into what's really trending. What's trending today? So the media, <laughs> I know, I'm getting, I'm seeing the message on social media about, oh, the vaccine got to be very wary. I'm telling you, man, they're going to start putting in the food or something like, oh, here's your Christmas ham with a vaccine in there to make sure you don't get the Rona because it's really bad this year. They're going to find any way to lock you down. Don't see grandma and grandpa during the holiday season because that could get them. You're going to be making people sick, man. You're going to kill them if you don't get that vaccine. And then if you do get it, then you still shouldn't do that. So you should isolate yourself. All the round of the social experiment continues across the nation. Uh, And people fall for it. People still go for this stuff. It's wild, man. All right. uh, Looking at Washington, D.C., as you know, it's kind of a ghost town up there, at least now for Congress, as they are officially done for the year, we'll be see them, seeing them back in January again. But there's a new report now that they are finished for 2023, according to, again, Axios.com for this one as well. The Capitol Hill Stunner 2023 led to the fewest number of laws that have been passed in decades. Whoa. That's what I'm saying. The lowest amount that have been passed in decades, according to the reports... Of what they had seen this year, the 118th Congress is on track to be the most unproductive. I'm going to read this first, and then I'm going to get your perspective on this. The 118th Congress is on track to be one of the most unproductive Congresses in modern history with just a couple dozen laws that have actually been passed on the books at the close of 2023. They say why it matters. It's the product of not only divided partisan control in Washington, but the infighting within the Republican majority that is routinely grounded legislation and brought business to a halt. That includes a three-week period, by the way, in which Congress was paralyzed by the Republicans' inability to find a replacement for the ousted Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, In the big picture, according to Axios, they say 20 bills have been passed by both chambers and signed into law this year, with another four awaiting President Biden's signature, according to the quorum data. 20 bills that have been passed this entire year. Now, some say, well, look at that. Government's not doing its job. Congress isn't working. I don't know about you. I'm kind of happy about that. Anybody else? Show of hands. Anybody else happy the fact that government's not actually doing a whole bunch of garbage in D.C.? (laughs) Can we be honest? Now, that does not include, by the way, the eight appropriation bills that were passed since, really, Mike Johnson took office as Speaker of the House and that are sitting on the Senate side where the Democrat-led Senate said that that is dead on arrival, that that is a non-starter, it's non-negotiable because of how many cuts are actually in these appropriation bills for the federal budget that we have to address when we come back because we have two to three weeks when they uh, come back in January to address the federal budget to have all 12 appropriation bills. And like I said yesterday, if they don't pass all of them, 
For the first time in my entire life, I'm kind of okay with not passing all of them because I would rather see the major cuts in the departments and agencies and keep the government open to show that we don't have to shut the government down and everybody die in the streets and that we can actually just keep on rolling and actually produce decent bills without the threat of shutdown hanging over our head that the Democrats like to push. So I think that's good news. And if we are going to pass it, that gives us time to do it the right way, do it responsibly, do it rationally, and do it reasonably. So I'm kind of okay with that. But those 20 bills that were passed and signed into law, that does not include the eight that were passed in the House of Representatives. Now, that being said, let's look at just in general what that means for the fact that government only passed 20 bills that were signed by both chambers and, and signed by the president into law throughout the year of 2023. There was a saying from others throughout history that a government that's gridlocked is a good thing because every day the government's not passing laws means it's not restricting our freedoms. And that's, to me, a very good thing. It should reiterate the fact that if government can't operate because it's so stagnant and we're seeing so much gridlock, which I like, bring on the gridlock all we want, baby. I don't want to see anything done. They can just go home for the rest of the year. We'll figure it out on ourselves. It's totally okay. I think we should shut down the agencies as well. But that's a very triggering. I know. That's that's a triggering one. That, that goes too far. I know. I know that's a pipe dream that we're living in. I just crossed from reality to fantasy just a little bit. I stepped my toes into the Democrat world there of living in a fantasy land and thinking that government agencies could possibly be shut down and we could actually live our lives without them trying to protect us from ourselves on a daily basis. I know, but by golly, I'm allowed to dream once in a while. A man can have a dream. In fact, someone once said that I have a dream. Well, I have a dream too, that the government agencies, the bureaucratic state just goes away and just disappears, dissolves into thin air, and then we no longer have to worry about them again. Not going to happen, but the guy can dream every once in a while, right? Nonetheless... If government's not passing things, they're not restricting our freedoms. Because every every bill that they pass, even if it's with good intention, for the most part, restricts another aspect of our life. I have used this analogy over and over and over again, but I am dying for someone to tell me, which no one has been able to do so so far. You can send me a message on Who's Your Reason on social media, also on our website, and you can email me, Who's Your Media Network at gmail.com, and you can tell me one thing in your life that you are allowed to do that is not regulated, that is not subsidized, that is not taxed, or that is not licensed to where you need to get the permission of the government to do. One thing in your life, you cannot buy clothes that have not been approved by the federal government. You cannot buy food that has not been approved by the USDA. You cannot buy anything. You cannot drive a vehicle. You cannot go to town. You cannot get a job. You cannot do anything in your life that is not approved or regulated by the federal government to give the final okay that you're allowed to do that. In fact, you're not even allowed to purchase a home, even if you bought it outright, without the government constantly taxing it and telling you that if you don't pay your escrow or your taxes every year, then we have the right to come in and take your home. You're not even allowed to live without the government's okay. So tell me how we're a free society. And that is because of years and years and years and years of a government that continues to feel like it has to pass bills to do something. We have to do something. So they read this, this news article, they write it in such a negative light that, oh my gosh, the most unproductive, and it's all because of Republicans. I'm telling you, if you take that to the campaign trail, if you take that and say Republicans are the most unproductive Congress in, in the history of the United States, in the 118th Congress, the most unproductive that we've ever seen because we didn't do anything. You know what Republicans are going to say to that? Thank God. 
thank God they didn't do anything. Because you know what this might actually do. This might actually spur another revolution of, not like revolution, this might actually spur a concept of federalism, a reigniting of the concept of federalism. You know what? If the federal government's not going to solve my issues, then the state is going to solve my issue. And who's involved in the state? Your state legislature. How do you get involved in your state legislature? It's the guy next door to you, the gal next door to you, the, uh, uh, sorry, we have to be inclusive, the fill-in-the-blank other (laughs) next door to you that plans on running for office wanting to represent your district. A hands-on, very transparent, for the most part, governmental body that can actually address the vast majority of these issues that the administrative state should be letting the states do in the first place. And we can actually allow the states to raise up, rise themselves up, and uh, take care of some of these issues if they're necessary in your local communities. Allowing the decisions to be made on a local front based on the local and statewide needs of some individuals as opposed to a universal blanket decision from the federal government. This is good news. I'm totally okay with them being the most unproductive. And honestly, that raises my value of what I think of the Republican Party right now because you created stagnation at the federal level. And stagnation at the federal level, at least to me, is a very good thing. So thank you, Kevin McCarthy, for that short amount of time that you did something semi-conservative. And then thank you, Matt Gates, for causing a little bit of a kerfluffle there. Thank you, Mike Johnson, for standing your ground in the Republican Party for blocking what could have been a disastrous year in Congress with Democrats in the Senate bullying us, with the slim minority of Democrats bullying us and telling us what we have to do and ramming through some really, really bad pieces of legislation this year. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or check out the show. Always so great to have you with us here for the ride each and every day. Looking at the future of the Republican Party, that's been a point of conversation that we've had about Mitch McConnell, Mike Johnson, Donald Trump. Who's going to be that leader? Who's going to be the face for the party moving forward? And it's an interesting one for sure. There's a new hit piece that the Bulwark.com has come out with, the Matt Gates GOP future, talking about how Matt Gates has helped destroy it, obviously, with the ousting of Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy so ashamed with the ousting, being the first one in history in Congress to be ousted as the speaker that he ended up just leaving office. He had his farewell last week. He gave his farewell on the floor, and then, boom, he's gone out, doesn't want anything to do with it. He couldn't even wait the eight, nine months until election season to be over for him to leave and just say he's not going to rerun for election. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. He had to be out. So he was ashamed and and just out. So we've given our proper farewell to him here on the program. But what is the future of the party? And they say that the Matt Gateses, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, although Marjorie Taylor Green didn't really support the ousting of Kevin McCarthy. She was with Kevin McCarthy on that one. So that was kind of interesting. But the Kevin the Matt Gateses and the eight Republicans that went along with that, along with the Democrats, Are they the ones in control of the House of Representatives right now in the Republican Party within that certain caucus in the House? Because if they are, then that would be quite interesting. Now, look, I'm not the biggest, I guess, fan of Matt Gaetz. He's fine. He's a semi-conservative. He's pretty decent. And he stands up for what he believes in. And I respect that very much. Doesn't mean I always agree with everything that he does. 
I don't think there's any politician that any of us should say that we agree with 110% on on every single issue. But nonetheless, he's done some good, decent stuff. And I think that as much as it did cause some stagnation in the House and in government and in Congress, even though that wasn't the whole agenda or the purpose of it, it still was a good thing to oust Kevin McCarthy, and I applaud him for doing that. They say that he was doing that just to try and stop some of the investigations on him. I disagree with that. I don't think that that had much to do with it. I think he was truly living up to what he felt was the right thing to do. Kevin McCarthy betrayed the Republican Party and the promises to the conservative movement. And that was it. Period. End of story. There may be more to it, but that's what I'm going to stick with. And if that's the case, then he's going to be one where if he finds something that's wrong with the conservative movement, he's going to call it out. He's not the leader. I don't think he's even one of the major pivotal or needed voices within the Republican Party, but he's there to represent a district and he's there to make his voice heard. And he did that loud and clear. And I think he will continue to do that loud and clear as well. So I don't know what the future of the Republican Party holds just because Matt Gates is in it. What I will say is that there are some other big fighters within the Republican Party right now. And I will say right now, I personally think that Mike Johnson is that main pivotal leader within the Republican Party. I think that Mike Johnson by himself already has shifted the narrative so much that we now have a new messaging system for the Republicans to give us a little bit more hope. Because right now, when they talk about the lack of productivity that we're seeing in Washington, D.C., I say, good, good. I don't want to see productivity in Washington, D.C. I know this is more of a state issue, but could you imagine if Democrats actually got their way in the House, in the Senate, and in the presidency, what this country would look like? If we still had a wishy-washy speaker that was a Republican that was wanting to work more so with the other side of the aisle, what that would look like and how many bills they could ram through with their Democrat agenda. And then this article would be like, oh, it was one of the most productive Congresses in history with the Republicans on board trying to get things done, giving Democrats what they want. That's the headline we would have seen. And then we would have seen more of this, even though, again, this is a state issue, according to DNYUZ.com, that apparently the state of New York and Governor Kathy Hochul is now considering and is now hired on and signed into new a new commission to study racism, to study the history of slavery, and to consider reparations for the descendants of enslaved individuals in the state of New York. Ironic how it's an election season. It's also ironic that it's not going to go anywhere, and California already tried something like that when they tried to propose like $5 million to anyone who is a descendant of. They can't prove it, and you can't really follow the DNA of everybody, but they're going to try it. Why? Because it's election year. we got to buy people off again, right? This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into it. It is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier on a post Monday celebration, getting you geared up for the end of the year, 2023. We have Christmas. We have Hanukkah. We have, I think, Winter Solstice starts like tomorrow or something too. If people, you know, enjoy that for whatever festivities or Yule time, whatever people celebrate, I don't care. Happy Happy Holidays. I say Merry Christmas. You tell me whatever you enjoy, and we'll just live hunky dory together. You know, coexisting, the real coexist, not like a stupid bumper sticker you see on the back of the vehicles <laughs> out there, right? The most unproductive Congress in history, the 118th Congress, is according to Axios.com, showing how few bills that we actually passed this year 
compared to the 101st Congress in 1989. They showed a massive amount of bills, almost like 500 bills that were passed that year. This year, the 118th Congress passing only 20, with four bills still floating out there that have not been signed by the president, whether they actually pass those or not. They say that it was the most unproductive. I say good for them because now we can finally realize that government's not there to solve all our issues. Wild. What a concept, right? To talk about some of that and so much more as we look at our year in review. Excited to have We had to get him on at least one more time before the end of the year, uh, for sure. He's a great friend. We love having him on all the time. His latest book, America's Last Stand, Will You Vote to Save or Destroy America in 2024? He's also host of the Drew Thomas Show, uh, the Drew Allen Show podcast, as well as Drew Thomas Allen. Drew, how are you, my friend? Hey, brother. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, always good to chat with you, my friend. It's uh, good stuff. Can you imagine only 20 bills this entire year? What a waste of taxpayer money. My golly, why didn't they pass almost 500 bills this year? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, every time Congress meets these days in particular, uh, you know, wanting to, uh, to steal a little bit more of our freedom and liberty. So, you know, I, you know, yeah, what's the big deal? You know, I mean, that's, that's 20 too many. Uh, we, we know that this Congress... Uh, I mean, it's it's a do nothing Congress, but that's good for us right now because we have weak, we, you know, we have a pretty weak GOP, uh, a very weak GOP actually. It, it's very uh, demoralizing at times. Uh, and as long as Biden's in the White House and we don't have the Senate, uh, nothing that comes out of this uh, administration is going to be to the benefit of the American people, in my opinion. Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. We just mentioned that a little bit going into the Berlin past a bunch of bills this year. It would have been under the Democrat president, a Democrat-run Senate, and a minority of a Democrat party in the House that would have bullied Republicans into being scared of their own shadow like we have so many times before. And we would have seen ridiculous bills coming. It would have not have been substantial bills. It would have been Green New Deals. It would have been higher taxes. would have been more regulation. would have been an expansion of the bureaucratic state. It would have been so many of these absurd, ridiculous bills that would have been devastating to us. So seeing only 20 bills come out, I'm totally okay with, like you said, maybe even 20 too many, because right now with the makeup of Congress, the Republicans have a long history of being scared of their own shadow and backing off just to play fair and get along and just get something done. And this year they didn't do that. And look at the results that we had. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of still disappointment strategically uh, if I'm looking at, at what the GOP did do in the House, because, you know, there we had a slim majority, as you've talked about before I even came on. You know, it's gotten even more slim with people like McCarthy and others that are just stepping down and giving up seats uh, in the interim, right? I mean, they're going to have some special elections and things like that. But uh, but we're down people. We saw the GOP, you know, get rid of uh, George Santos, which, like him or not, uh, he's not guilty of anything Biden hasn't done in terms of lying about his own history. <laughs> and, of course, I guarantee you there's 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 Democrats and Republicans who are currently guilty of far more egregious crimes uh, than he committed. So, you know, we kind of sabotage ourselves to your point. But, you know, really the, the, the strategic maneuver of the Republican Party in the House when they took that slim majority should have been because they know, we know we can't get anything passed on our end. The Senate's not going to prove it. And even if they did uh, somehow, you know, Biden's not going to sign it into law. So we should have been passing bills that, um, you know, catered to the Republican base, uh, the conservative base, and that were used to expose the Democrats as the awful people, conniving, anti-American uh, people that they are. I mean, that, that's my opinion. So, uh, and, you know, of course, impeachment still hasn't happened. 
It's remarkable. And it's not just about Biden bribery. They should have impeached him long ago. And they, I mean, I, it's just what is happening at the border right now is actually an attack on America. And the people that are responsible for it are guilty of treason. They certainly violated their constitutional oaths of office. And in my opinion, it's not treason in the same way that it is for uh, Joe Biden or Mayorkas. But the, the GOP, the House GOP, that hasn't moved swiftly to impeach him over it, they're also derelict in their duties because who's going to protect the country? You have Abbott now, three years too late, in my opinion, passing a law that says it's a crime to come across the border illegally into Texas. Well, isn't, shouldn't that be illegal anyway in the country? Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty sad state of affairs, in my opinion, Andy. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's a sad state of affairs, and you're right. We, I mean, that should be common sense. It already should be illegal for you to cross the border illegally and come into the country or a state illegally like that. What a concept. But the fact that we have to pass it now in 2023 kind of blows my mind for sure. Uh, the state of the Republican Party you had mentioned and the the lack of uniting kind of what our messaging is, what our leader looks like rising up, I got to get your take on Mike Johnson as Speaker of the House right now because even though – we still have a continuing resolution, even though that we still have a lot of issues. He's only been in there for, what, a month, month and a half, two months that uh, he's finally been speaker. But the messaging, to me at least, has been so vastly different. It almost seems like a completely different Republican Party from a Kevin McCarthy to a Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson walking out at the end of this uh, this time, you know, last week, without passing Ukrainian funding because he said, we're not going to do it unless we get immigration policy on there, forcing Democrats for the first time ever to actually come to the table, passing a bill for the continuing resolution that says even if we don't get the appropriations in the full federal budget, that we're still going to keep the government open and all the administrative states are going to see some massive decreases in funding until we actually pass a federal budget, taking that arson away from the Democrats. We may not be winning all the time, but I think that the Republican Party now has a stronger message than we've ever seen under a Mike Johnson. Yeah, look, there are a lot of people right now um, that are never going to be satisfied uh, with anything that happens because they're unrealistic. They don't, they don't, they don't understand politics in many ways. They want an easy solution, you know. They want Speaker Johnson to be, you know, the Messiah that's going to save us right now, and he's got his hands tied. So, look, I, I, I'm not 100 percent approving of, of Mike Johnson, but I am, I am kind of waiting to make up my mind. He has not done anything that warrants me going after him. Uh, and just attacking, you know, our own party and him, you know, viciously. I want to support him. Uh, I would say I am cautiously optimistic still. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to throw him under the bus yet. But obviously, you know, we have to hold his feet to the fire and we have to try and influence him because, look, he is surrounded by establishment Republicans, rhinos, if you will, people that, you know, represent the swamp. They do not have the best interest of American heart and they're trying to get to him. And they are pressuring him. And so he's got the hardest job in the world right now. And so, you know, I, I, I want to be very, very uh, fair if I can to him, because right now there's so much frustration out there. It's very easy to just dump uh, your frustration and anger on a scapegoat. Yeah. And, you know, you see the DeSantis people doing it with Trump. Uh, you see people wanting to go for Mike Johnson. So, you know, again, am I in love with Mike Johnson right now? No. Uh, but uh, he's not deserving of, of, you know, being just, just cast aside and destroyed right now either. Yeah, well, and again, we're seeing, like you said, we're hearing some of those purists, I guess, or those that just want to dump. I mean, they're already calling to oust him already as well, and it's like, I mean, what 
We're never going to get anything done if we don't give somebody a chance to do something. And let's see what he does. Let's see what these bills look like at the end of the day, especially when it comes to the negotiation of these eight appropriation bills that they've passed that were good bills, cutting a lot of spending, consolidating agencies, doing some good stuff. And the Democrats said that that was a non-starter. Let's see where he goes on the compromise and the negotiation of those bills at the end of the day. So it will be uh, interesting to see. You mentioned the campaign trail as well right now. Drew, I mean, we just mentioned a little bit, but golly, we have a long history of the Republican Party that just refuses to get along with each other and just work together and realize what the real enemy is. We still have people, Drew, that say that if my presidential candidate doesn't get elected, then all the other ones are evil. They're worse than Democrats, and I'd rather see the Democrats win and destroy it rather than have that other Republican candidate get the nomination. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll be fair. Look, I'm Team Trump. You know, it's fair to your audience, you know, to, to be forthcoming about where I am. And it's more for pragmatic reasons than anything else. He's going to be the nominee. Uh, so we're wasting our time, you know, pretending otherwise and trying to destroy him and do the, the Democrats' job for them. Um, so, look, both sides have a lot of vicious qualities to them. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's politics, it's a blood sport. But the reality is DeSantis is not going to be the nominee. People can say, well, we haven't had the caucuses yet and everything else. Okay, well, that's fine. You, we can sit here and pretend until Iowa, the New Hampshire, whatever <laughs> else. But at some point, people are going to have to admit that, you know, the polls, there is no poll gate. It's not a rigged, you know, it, it, let me point this out. This is kind of the thing that's turned me off against a, a DeSantis really personally, is that the two most immediate threats to our country are, one, the voter fraud situation that did take place in 2020, uh, and the, the political persecution of Trump, which is unprecedented in our history. And those two issues, of course, are to the benefit of Trump, because they acknowledge that actually he was pretty popular in 2020 and the, the election was perhaps stolen. And uh, two, it acknowledges that he is the greatest political victim uh, po- political victim in U.S. history. And obviously that's a benefit to Trump. And those are the two issues that DeSantis will not talk about. He will not condemn. Uh, his influencers all say Trump's a loser because of 2020, so he can't win, even though he got almost 10 million more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. Uh, so these people really are a frauds, in my opinion, and it's dangerous. Now, I would, I would support DeSantis still and actually like him uh, if he wasn't trying to rewrite his own history and also Trump's as well. Trump wasn't perfect. I have issues with Operation Warp Speed myself in the end, but the reality is DeSantis was behind all of that at the same time when he had the same information that Trump did. Uh, DeSantis himself is vaccinated. DeSantis told Floridians to get the vaccine because it had a near 100% chance of preventing them from dying. Yeah. And it wasn't until after Trump was out of office in 2021 that DeSantis decided to become, you know, the, the anti-COVID warrior. So it, it doesn't it doesn't sit well with me. No, no, it really doesn't. Yeah, he's he's playing a very strange campaign. I don't quite get it. And uh, he's it, the polls are showing it. He's not getting a lot of popularity. Got to take a break here. Drew Thomas Allen, right around the corner with us here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. A couple of minutes left here on the program. We're hanging out with Drew Thomas Allen. America's Last Stand is the book. You can find it on Amazon, other places as well, plus his podcast, the Drew Allen Show podcast. Go and check that out on any of your favorite podcasting sites on the Tweety or X, if you want to put it that way. Which, speaking of, by the way, so I've been watching still some of Tucker Carlson's content on the X, which he's still getting like 20, 25, 30 million hits on each and every episode. Uh, Drew, did you see the one 
recently where he made the comment that he has been talking to people about extraterrestrials and aliens and he said it's so dark he didn't even he hasn't even told his wife about some of the stories that he's heard have you heard that no i mean i i saw i i i, I know that he did an episode about it i haven't watched it yet but i, I that that's wild that takes it a step further than what i, I was aware of with it uh so i mean what's the premise there basically i mean he's talked to people who basically said like hey Extraterrestrial life has been confirmed, right? Isn't that kind of what he's saying? Well, yeah, I didn't see the whole episode. I just heard that little clip of it, so I need to go back and watch the entire episode as well. But I mean, look, I'm telling you, this this is our this is our fun weird seg- news yeah. of All the right. day. <laughs> this is our weird segment here. But I don't know if how much you've been following this. There was a committee hearing a few months ago in Congress where some of the uh, members of the military that were not supposed to do this, that have been retired or out of it for a while, they were the ones that were on site of some of these supposed UFO crashes that made the comment that they had confirmed that not only did they recover the UFOs that were not made by humans, but they also recovered what they called, quote-unquote, biologics that were uh, piloting these UFOs, and that's all that they would give us, that they have them in their possession and that we have biologics of these things that were driving these UFOs. And that's what the terminology that they used. Then we hear about all these other stories and UFO things and more sightings. And then we hear someone like Tucker Carlson be like, yeah, I've heard the stories and it's so dark and so crazy. I haven't even told my family about this stuff. Like you start to wonder, man. Yeah, no, you do. Well, in this day and age too, with, you know, all the, uh, you know, kind of quote unquote conspiracy theories that have been tr- proven true after the fact, uh, whether you want to look at, you know, the JFK assassination or everything or anything else, I mean, y- you start to, to, to believe these things. I mean, look, that's fine. I, I can't say I'm a believer in extraterrestrial life at this point, uh, but, you know, I, 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 I'm not totally opposed to a lot of these things anymore uh, because, and I, I think that's the danger we're in too, Andy. It's like, what do we believe anymore, right? I mean, what like what what are the guardrails anymore? Yeah, that's true. There's no structure anymore. Everything's so out in the open. I, I have to say, I'm a 110 percent believer in the UFOs and the aliens and everything. And I say that because imagine they started talking about this stuff during COVID when no one even cared. We confirmed the military confirmed that they had UFOs in their possession, and we're like, yeah, but there, there's a virus that's killing me right now, so I don't really care. And no one talked about it. I think that was their scapegoat to release it and yet not make it paranoid, uh, make everybody uh, cause havoc in the streets. Well, I mean, certainly uh, COVID eclipsed everything, didn't it? Uh, <laughs> and that was a scam in itself. So, I mean, uh, un- unbelievable. But, I mean, I, I got to watch that episode now that you pointed out. You know, I just yeah. carve out the time. You know, I had, I had a client who believed 100% in extraterrestrials. He, he claimed to actually be the North American spokesperson for this guy who's been meeting with aliens. Uh, I think in Switzerland, you know, for X amount of years. What was interesting, though, is these aliens would, like, talk to him, and he would transcribe uh, the information, and he predicted a lot of things that happened. It's kind of like an Alex Jones situation, and so it's kind of, like, hard to dismiss the guy because you're like, wait, this sounds crazy that you talk to aliens, uh, but <laughs> these things happened that they told you. I, I like it, man. This That's the good stuff. Oh, we're going to have to do a segment on that stuff once in a while. But that's, ladies and gentlemen, is our news yeah, of the day. Weird news of the day. All right, Drew, we got just about 30, 45 seconds left here as we wrap up. But 2024 in the election season, I know it's going to be a crazy year. But do you think we're just going to crank up the dial a little bit more than what we saw this past year? What's What's the next year look like to you? Well, it's going to be crazy. People better buckle in and they better find a way to, to 
to ground themselves, you know, because there's going to be a lot of people that are putting out stuff to try and take people's attention away and manipulate people. So actually, you know, my book is actually uh, will be helpful for that. You know, it's funny. American Thinker did a review of it uh, last week, and it jumped up like the top, you know, seven books in the politics. I was up there with, you know, Alex Jones and Mark Levin, and uh, I'm a nobody, so it's kind of cool. It's amazing, man. Well, congratulations on the book. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get my copy here soon, too. It might be under my Christmas tree this year as well. America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? Go check it out on Amazon. Drew Thomas Allen is the guest. Drew, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Happy New Year. I'm so glad we were able to get you on before the end of the year. I'm excited to work with you and so many others in the next year because it's going to be a big one. Let's get you back on again real soon. Yeah, let's get your book out there. Merry Christmas, brother. I like it. Merry Christmas, man. There it is. Yeah, our our book. We're working on one. We are working on one for sure. There it is. We'll get Drew back on the show here to kick off the next year. Until then, we're back at it again tomorrow for the middle of the week. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. 